Good afternoon again. We're glad to be here. We're delighted with this warm weather we have received. We acknowledge that God is the one who has given us this day. He's the one who's in charge of the weather, despite what mankind would like to teach us today. We're firmly of the opinion that the Creator, the One who brought all things into being at the beginning, for the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, the first verse in the Bible, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And He's the one, therefore, who has brought all life into being. He is the great Creator. The Bible would teach that He spoke and brought the world into being. The work of creation is God's making all things by the word of His power in the space of six days and all very good. And therefore, since He is the Creator, we are firmly of the opinion that He is the one who is in control of this world and this universe, and that includes the weather. And therefore, we are delighted to have this warm Thursday afternoon to be on Buchanan Street and to be able to draw your attention to something that we find in God's Word. We're here from Partick, Free Church of Scotland, continuing. We're a local congregation, and we minister in the West End of Glasgow. We're a Scottish registered charity. Unlike some others, we're not after your money. We are simply here because we want to be faithful to the commission that Jesus Christ has given to all of His church to go out into the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. And this gospel is something that all of us need to hear. We need to hear this because this has come from heaven. This is God's Word. This is not my Word. This is not the Word of my church. This is what God has given to us. It's a a message, therefore, from heaven. It's a message from our Creator. And it's a message that's applicable to all of us, to young and old, male or female, old or young, educated or uneducated, rich or poor. It doesn't matter our language. It doesn't matter the color of our skin. We're all the same. We've all come from Adam and Eve. They are our first parents. Adam was created supernaturally by God out of dust. And then God breathed His Spirit into him, and he became a living soul. And 
Eve was created from Adam. They were the first man and woman. They were the first husband and wife. And all mankind have descended from our first parents. Our first parents were pure, spotless, holy. God created man, male and female, after his own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, with dominion over the creatures. And therefore they were perfect. And in some sense they resembled their Creator. But you may well know something that happened. We do believe not long after they were created, they were tempted. Eve was first tempted and she succumbed. She listened to the evil one. She listened to God's enemy. God had given our first parents a very clear and simple command. They were free to eat from the fruit of all the trees in the garden except one. They were not allowed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The evil one came and tempted them and said, well, basically, this is God trying to keep you back. This is God denying you. This is God holding you down. He doesn't want you to reach your full potential. He's not for you. Why don't you listen to me? Eat the fruit and then you'll become like God. Eve listened. She saw it. She took it. She ate it. Then she gave it to her husband, Adam. Now it might seem a small matter to you. But it wasn't a small matter. It was high treason. There... Our first parents sided with God's enemy. And God, who had provided everything for our first parents, had created a perfect environment for them and placed them in the garden, yet they disobeyed. It was not enough. They wanted more. And therefore, it was a terrible, terrible sin. And ever since that time, sin has affected humanity. And if you look at all the problems that beset us today in our culture, in our society, and in our nations, all of these problems can ultimately be traced to the fact of sin. They can all be traced to that fact. <clears throat> when Adam and Eve sinned, the whole of mankind sinned. They sinned in Him. Paul mentions this in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We're all familiar with death, are we not? It has touched every one of our families. Where did death come from? 
death was not part of the original creation. It came when Adam and Eve sinned. They were warned, if they were to eat that fruit, they will die. Satan said, you will not die. They listened to Satan, they ate the fruit, and they died. And that's why we have death today in our society. And that's why we have sickness. That's why we have tears. That's why we have broken homes. That's why we have a police force. That's why we have prisons full. That's why we have hospitals. That's why we have graveyards. That's why we have so many problems. Drug abuse. All of these things can all be traced to the fact that mankind is sinful. And there is something wrong with us. And that's what's wrong. It's sin. And God has recognized it. And God has done something about it. And that's why we want to come out this afternoon to tell you about what God has done for mankind. God has addressed our greatest need, our greatest predicament. If we listen to the media and if we listen to our um, politicians and our scientists and many others, they'll tell us our greatest problem today is what they call climate change. And some of us are being told that it's not so much global warming, it's global boiling we need to be worried about. Well, friends, I'm not going to get into a discussion regarding climate change, but I'll tell you the greatest problem that's facing mankind today is the problem that's facing you. It's your own personal sin because your sin is separating you from your great God. And if your sin is not dealt with, it will have eternal ramifications and significance for you. And you know, you cannot deal with this problem yourself. It's impossible for you to deal with it. You don't recognize the problem and you're not able to, to deal with it even if you did recognize the problem. And all our politicians and all our educationalists and all our people in the media... No, get your own mic. And all the people in the media, all the movers and shakers, they don't know the problem. They don't recognize it. But friends, God has recognized it. And this is wonderful news. He has recognized our greatest problem and He has provided a solution. Now what is that solution, you might well ask. And indeed you should ask. Well, the solution is He has provided His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the eternally begotten Son of God who became the Son of Man, who became like us. He took our nature and He lived this, in this world, in this sin-cursed and barren world. He lived a perfect life for around 33 years. Can you imagine it, friends? Someone living a perfect life. Someone never committing a sin. Someone never having a wrong thought. Someone never uttering a wrong word. Well, that's the Lord Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. Now that's important because 
He was able to live a perfect life. Therefore, he was able then to offer up a perfect sacrifice. And that sacrifice made atonement for the sins of the world. In other words, Jesus Christ lived and died a perfect life. And he died, he lived and died a substitute in order that those who believe in him might have their sins forgiven. You see, God has given us a law, and we are required to obey that law. We cannot. It's impossible. We have to acknowledge. But God has not loosened the requirement. We are still required to obey that law and to keep it perpetually. We cannot do it. But someone else has done it on our behalf. And the good news of the gospel is God is prepared to accept someone who has lived a perfect life and paid the price for our sins as a substitute. Who is that person? That person is Jesus Christ the Lord. He's the only one. There is no other Savior. There is no other way to be reconciled to God. This is God's way. This is not my way. not man's way. It's not the way of my church. It's God's way. Jesus Christ is the only one who has come from heaven. This is one of the things that makes Christianity distinct and unique. Every other religion... And there are many, many of them. But all of them have this in common. There is someone who came from the world. Hi. Hi, you all right? Yep. Can I have a private word with you? Yep. Without the mic. <laughs> right. Will you do me a big favour? I'm trying to get some food for me and my son. We're literally stranded in the middle of a... No, sorry, I can't help you, dear. Sorry, no. sorry. <coughs> so, as I was saying, the good news of the Christian gospel is that God is prepared to accept someone who has kept the law and paid the price of breaking that law as our substitute. That's why Jesus died. He died as our substitute. And therefore, we're able to proclaim Him and to recommend Him to you that He might be your Lord and your Savior. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. The gospel, friends, is for sinners. We're all sinners. 
The problem is we don't recognize it. The problem is we think we're okay. We think the gospel's for someone else. We think the gospel's for the prisoner or maybe for the drug addict or the alcoholic or the prostitute or the thief or the robber or the murderer or the adulterer. We don't think it's for ourselves. But the Bible doesn't flatter us. It tells us clearly, plainly, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none righteous in the sight of God. And that's important to stress. Because it's by God's standards that we shall be judged. Not by the standards of men. You won't stand before a human judge. You'll give account before God Himself in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Behold, the Bible says, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to get right with God. Life can be very short. Life can be very, very uncertain. The Bible says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You'll find that in your Bibles in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Life is short. Life is uncertain. Death is certain. Sin is the problem. Christ is the cure. And today, friends, you are to call upon Him today. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to get right with Him. We only have today. The psalmist says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You are to realize how brief life is. And when life is over, there is no opportunity to repent. There is no opportunity to embrace the Lord Jesus. There is no opportunity to repent. No opportunity to believe. You may have a very fine funeral. You may have a clergyman or maybe two or three clergymen and they might say some lovely things about you. But it will matter not what they say. What matters, friends, is what you do with Jesus Christ. And you have to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And you have to receive Him today. <clears throat> For today is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Again, you'll find that in 2 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 2. That's why we are told 
Teach us to number our days. We think we're going to live forever. We think we're always going to have an opportunity to repent and to believe. But that's not the case. We don't know when we shall be ushered into eternity. We don't know when God will end our lives. We had no say when we were brought into this world. And we will have no say when we're brought out of it. Teach us to number our days. James tells us much the same. Whereas you know not what you shall be in the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. James likens your life to a vapor. You've all seen a vapor, have you not? It rises up and before you know where you are, it's gone. It disappears. That's your life. We're here today and we're gone tomorrow. That's why, friends, when you hear the gospel, you are to respond. You are to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus reminds us again in his teaching, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? How many people are chasing the things of this world and they want to gather as much as this world can give us. And they don't care about their souls. Well, everything in this world shall pass. It shall perish. And the day will come when we will leave everything behind. But your soul, your soul is you. Your soul shall live forever. It is eternal. What will happen then to your soul? What will happen to it? For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You can lose your soul. You cannot save it, but you can lose it. Only Jesus can save it. That's why he came. He did not come to destroy men's lives. He came to save them. Jesus is the sinner's greatest friend. I have come, he says, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The psalmist again tells us about the brevity of life and the uncertainty of it. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. That's life. That's what happens. We're here for a season. We flourish like grass for a season. And then we perish. Where do we go? We go into eternity. Where will you go, friends? Where will you go? It's heaven or hell. That's what it is. That's what's before us. Those who are in Christ, those who have Christ as their Lord and Savior, they shall be saved. Those who do not, those who reject Him, 
Those who will not have him as Lord and Savior, where will they go? They'll go to that terrible, terrible place for the devil and his angels, that place that's called And we come out, friends, in order that we might warn you. In order that we might tell you something about this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That's why we come out we tell you, friends, truthfully, honestly, sincerely, that as sinners there's a way to be saved, and that way is through the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. For salvation is found in none other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other way to be saved other than to have Christ as your Lord and Saviour. We're here from Partick Free Church of Scotland continuing. We're going to draw our time to a close. It's been good to be with you. And we do trust and hope that the Lord will follow with His blessing upon His Word this afternoon. And thank you very much for listening and for supporting us.